Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like it's allowed me to be more creative because I've been able to simplify the admin aspect of my podcast and focus on developing more valuable and creative content. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. Welcome to The Motivated Mind, where I challenge you, the listener, to expand your perspective on how to achieve a successful life through motivational lessons, reflections, and interviews with other motivated minds. What is up? Welcome to episode 121. Thanks so much for listening. It means so much to me. If I brought you any value, please be sure to leave a review and hit that subscribe button. Don't be a stranger. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or Facebook. Let me know what you want to hear more of and please be sure to share the podcast. I'm truly grateful for your support. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Hashdash. Cannabis can be complex. Which product is right for me? Which fulfills my needs? It can be overwhelming to know where to start and how to navigate the sea of product offerings. Hashdash leverages a unique algorithm that matches you to the right cannabis products based on your profile. If you're a cannabis consumer and want to explore their value add and an opportunity to sign up for their free beta release, visit Hashdash.com. Follow them on Facebook and Twitter at Hashdash and on Instagram at Hashdash.com. I try to add as much value through each episode as possible, and some of you come with some amazing questions looking for advice on life tactics, direction, and approach. Some of you want a more personal experience beyond the podcast and social media interactions. Since last year, I started offering one-on-one coaching sessions. We create a platform that allows you to set goals, work on your communication skills, well-being, leadership, team management, emotional intelligence, productivity, or healthy habits. For those of you that are interested in a one-on-one coaching session, click the link in the show notes or click the link in my Instagram bio and email me at scott.themotivatedmind at gmail.com. That way we can get you on the schedule. Before I jump into today's episode, I wanted to call attention to the link in my Instagram bio. I've made it easier to locate the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Breaker. I've also linked my TikTok account as I'll be playing around with that platform more this year and YouTube and, of course, the Facebook page. You'll notice something right below that, an exciting new Facebook group 
called Motivated Minds. The intention of this new group is to connect and interact with like-minded individuals, share your journey, connect with an accountability buddy, and create a motivated community. Be sure to check it out and join the group either by clicking that link in my Instagram bio, visiting the Motivated Mind Facebook page, and clicking Groups, or just simply clicking the link in the episode notes. Today, we have a very special guest on the podcast, Jericho, a transformational coach and speaker that focuses on cultivating inner freedom through self-awareness. His podcast, The Deep Show, is a space where he invites people to get introspective so that they can eventually have some insight and find a new perspective that they can benefit from. Jericho, welcome to the podcast, buddy. Thanks, Scott. Really, really excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. So first place I'd love to start, give listeners your background. Let's set the stage for everybody. Who are you, your origin story, and what you're up to these days? Yeah, for sure. So as I've already been introduced, my name is Jericho Balaton, um, transformational coach and speaker. And, um, you know, my my origin story really kicks off when I lost all idea of who I was. <laughs> you know, I went through, I went through a big uh, breakup, um, and I walked away from another big thing in my life at, at the time, which was which was church, right? So those two kind of really heavy parts of my identity were no longer parts of my identity, and with that, I let everything else fall apart too. Um, so my journey into self-awareness and my journey into this kind of discovery of who I was or who I am started and was triggered by that and by those events and so I went on this um, I went on this journey of really peeling back the layers of the things I externally identified with right I started to figure out all the labels that I was identifying with so you know boyfriend being one and religious being another one and uh, whatever my job was at the time, I remember telling myself that's what that's who I was. I started to really question those things, um, and it brought me to this point of um, discovering, not for the first time, uh, Buddhism, right? And I mean, before that, uh, a lot of self help books, <laughs> um, but Buddhism was was the one that really uh, kind of helped me focus on the journey that I was on. It gave me a lot of questions. It gave me a lot of uh, space to look at myself in a way that I hadn't before. And so with this kind of new understanding of um, who I was, not the external, but everything that was going on inside of me, it really uh, changed the direction of my life. And in the last, uh, four years I would say um, it's been a journey of getting deeper in connection with myself and then understanding how I can use that connection to help others and this is where the coaching work comes in this is where uh, you know my podcast for example where I'm, I'm, I'm really inviting people to be to be introspective um, that's where that desire comes from is because I understood that self-awareness and this journey that I took to understand who I was was the key to unlocking um, a life that I really enjoyed creating, not just being a subject to how things were happening to me, um, but to to consciously create 
um, my life, and it's been a ride. <laughs> you said a lot of things that were super powerful, but it's amazing to me how powerful of a vehicle we're in every day. Mm. And yet a majority of the population in the world struggles to drive that vehicle or is driving it at 2%. Right. I was reading this study a few months back and it was somewhere between, you know, I want to say it was 10, 15, 10 to 15% of people are actually truly self-aware. Mm-hmm. And it got me really thinking about how powerful all of our minds are, yet to the capacity in which we use them. It's very, very small. And yeah. we've, as a, as a species, don't fully understand everything with the mind. And right. as individuals, we struggle to use it to the most of our ability, like efficiency 100%, right? And that's, of course, an exaggeration. So we actually spoke, I want to say it was December 1st, we spoke, and our yeah. first conversation hit exactly on this, the importance of self-awareness and the potential for growth and unlocking that and happiness. And I want to hit on two pillars. Sure. Self-awareness and just the meat behind self-awareness and and why it's important. And you just started to loot on that because it completely changed your life and your trajectory. Had those things not happened, potentially could you be in a different spot, right? You know, that's what I love. I adore the hell out of that component of life. Like these triggers, these, these leaves dropping on the ground and completely changing the color of the landscape. What mm. when you take a step back or you look back five, ten years, when you're in those moments, you might not recognize their benefits because they're there, they're hitting you, they're punching you. So the 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 first place is to put up the hands and kind of defend yourself. You're not really understanding the whole layout, right? Right. And secondly, how to increase it and actually improve it. Mm. Because there's two forms of self-awareness, right? There's this internal self-awareness, which represents how clearly we see our own values, our mm-hmm. passion, our aspirations, you know, all of those things. And then there's this external self-awareness, which is understanding how people view us, our passions, our aspirations, our values. Mm-hmm. And I want to know from you, you know, what does what does self-awareness mean? mean to you how have you 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 hinted on this but how have you leveraged it up to this point because you have unlocked a superpower i think one of the most power and i talk about a lot of stuff in my podcast i know you do too as well self-awareness has to be the most single impactful thing you can do as an individual as a human when you can unlock that self-awareness piece yeah for sure you know something that just came up um I posted something on Instagram the other day about uh, this lesson that I learned um, from an old song by the OJs, um, Now That We Found Love. Are you familiar with the, with the song? And the, and the lyrics, the lyrics to the chorus of the song is, now that we found love, what are we going to do with it, right? And so the same thing goes for any of these things that we're talking about, right? Self-awareness is you can become self-aware, but it's about 
how then you use this self-awareness, right? So the the way I see it is that this this internal and external self-awareness that you're talking about, they're almost two sides of the same coin. It's the internal self-awareness applied that then becomes uh, your awareness of the relationships that you have with other people, right? Which is the external, how you manage um, the way that um, the way that you show up for other people. And it's not about necessarily managing their perception of you because your own kind of self-awareness gives you this understanding that that's not something you can control, but it's about how you show up for them, right? So it's the the external awareness of who you are in a particular situation. And I would personally say the goal, right? And almost the definition is how how much can you close the gap between how you show up in different situations, right? So for example, you at work, you with your your partner, you with your parents, you with your family, you with yourself, how much can you um, consolidate who you're being into this one uh, being rather than having to compartmentalize yourself and, and say, you know, when I'm when I'm with these people, this is this is how I am and who I am. And then when I'm with these other people, this is who I am and how I am. Right. It's it's about closing that gap between um, all the different parts that you start to become aware of. That's perfect. Oh, there's so much to go off of here. So <laughs> I I love this because I think there's a little bit of confusion sometimes for some people where they misinterpret or think that it's about controlling in some cases how other people think of you right and mm. we tend we being humans tend to focus more so on the things that we can't control and then we build stories out of that how someone might yeah. think of us or you know all of those things and we give all of the energy into those things that we can't control and I love this idea and conversation around minimizing the gap. So there's something that I did at the end of the year, not with my teams, but what I did was I said, what's something as I move into 2021 that I want to work on that I can do in a fairly short amount of time so I can make some adjustments? And I've been working on this for a while. And one of those exercises I went through is I said, if all of my teams, we're in one room and they were told, I want you to talk about Scott Lynch as a leader mm. and it's a free for all. He's not yeah. here. I pretended that I was a fly on the wall. And what I did is mm. I broke the document into two columns. What I would want people to say about me as a leader and how mm. I show up every day and what I think they would say if I was a fly on the wall and unknown that I was there and how I showed up and how I was a leader. Mm. And when I took those two columns and threw them over each other, I was able to understand that gap. Then by recognizing that gap, I was able to start a plan, a framework around correcting those things that I think I can improve on as a leader. And taking the time, and I've said this before, to go through those exercises is one of the most powerful things ever. Instead of sitting on this extremely fast merry-go-round, 
spinning around trying to correct things as you're moving. That's like trying to get a screw in a hole while this thing's spinning around. It's just not going to happen because you have all of this momentum happening right now. So chances are what you're focusing on is the momentum, the speed of everything. You're not focusing on getting the screwdriver into the screw and the screw into the hole. And so by taking that pause and sitting with some of those thoughts and gaining that elevation, you can start to break through some of those walls. Mm. And so I loved this kind of this combination of minimizing the gap, figuring out, recognizing and identifying the gap. I love that. I love that um, the exercise that you explained. And it's something it's something similar that I really like to do with people where you um, you write down your values and you can do this as an individual you can do this as an organization you write down a list of your values right as many as you can 10 20 30 40 whatever and once you've once you've identified um, your values you separate them into two into two lists right the first list being means meaning things that you can implement things that you can do and the other list being ends which is like an outcome um, of a situation or something that you would um, expect from a situation does that make sense so what this starts to do is it 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 gives you a decision point whenever you find yourself in resistance to something it gives you a decision to say what am i valuing right now and for example whenever you're in um in a meeting or something and you say i value open and honest communication right am i going to show up with this team openly and honestly and you can ask yourself is that who i'm going to be is that what i'm going to value is that what i'm going to prioritize and the same thing with this team over here you're going to do the same thing and so then that gap starts to become smaller because you show up the same for both teams and the the beginning stages of this idea of self-awareness is understanding what your values are your values start to become the foundation that you build everything on top of, right? And more often than not, people don't have a clear understanding of their values because they start valuing different things with different people in different situations. Um, so I really like that exercise. And um, and the one that I've just explained is, is, is also really useful. Yeah, that's extremely powerful. The I think of, um, I actually had a gentleman on the podcast named Ryan Bush, and he's writing a book. I actually think it's coming out this January, this month, and it's designing the mind. And one of the things we started talking about was the OS of the mind, the operating system of the mind. Mm. And I love this analogy and parallel between an operating system and the mind, because I mean, Apple's a great example. It feels like every day they're coming out with new, you know, hardware as, and what really makes the hardware, and I'm sitting in front of a a MacBook Air right now, is the design's beautiful. There's no flaws from my perspective on an Apple product physically. Now, that's just a shell. And this is, I've actually talked about this, but where people think, Apple needs to keep on changing as a manufacturer, as a company. First of all, one of the largest companies in the world. And everybody harps on this thing about iPhones not really changing over time. Okay, cool. They have a new chip that they do their own, new camera. But overall, that hardware 
does not physically change as much as its software. And yeah. Apple, what they continue to do is substantially improve their OS. And whether or not people think it's an improvement or not, right? There's this subjective versus objective world, but they continue to find success because the hardware is simply a transportation device for the OS. Mm. That's all it is. And the mind is the same thing. We need to shut down just like a computer. We need to go to sleep. We need to update our operating system. And the way to update the operating system is this self-awareness component, this recognition, right? And something that, and this is why I adore the tech space, is because the tech space is really good at many things, but a couple of things that I want to highlight is split testing. Mm. And it's where Facebook actually does this all the time, where they will send out, let's say, a new feature or a new layout something with their service they think is going to be better for consumers or maybe their company, however you view Facebook and some people love them, some people hate them. And what they do is they then collect that data and analyze that data. So maybe it goes out to 10,000 people, not, you know, hundred million people or whatever. And they get that information back. They analyze it and they see, was it successful after deployment? And then they reference or they cross-reference that data with current data. And I think it's the same thing if we as humans, and I'm not saying we need to be robots, of course, but I think there's a lot of exercises that tech companies do and businesses do that I think a lot of individuals could have a lot of success deploying some similar things. And split testing is a great example. You know, whether that split testing could be something as simple as a morning routine or an evening routine and then recognizing those emotions how did it feel you know what was your mental where was your mental place right there right and saying that's either something that we think is going to work long term for us because it increases our happiness or our mindset or our being or it's something that didn't work and we're going to back to the drawing board So to your example of some of your exercises, I think this is a very powerful tool for us to do some split testing because our OS, our operating system, is the powerhouse behind us being the hardware. And I'm certainly not trying to diminish the human species. I'm not a fan of (laughs) robots. But what I am saying is there's a lot of similarities and a lot of parallels to this world. And I think that that perspective is a really successful way in some through some exercises to get yeah. to a higher place of elevation and self-awareness. Yeah, for sure. Do you know what, do you know what the, the challenge is? Uh, and the reason why I feel like not a lot of people are willing to, um, to start and continue with an exercise like that, right? A split test. It's because it's, it's challenging to look at yourself objectively right because it has to come with a lot of humility you have to look at you have to take an audit of your life and say this is what i'm doing right now and the person that i would like to become this is what they do in their day right you have to have that level of awareness to say the person that i want to become isn't sitting on their ass all day looking watching netflix for example right 
I've got no problem with Netflix, but just as an example. I, I hear you on this one. I always throw <laughs> Netflix on on this. <laughs> but it's like you you have trouble looking at yourself objectively because you are in you you are in that being, right? You're in that mode of being where that is comfort to you, that is that is serving you in that moment. And it's only the level, it's only at the point, sorry, that you become aware that you don't like that anymore. It starts to get easier to look at yourself as someone completely different right and so the 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 resistance comes in where it's like you have to live through the parts of you that you don't like so that then you can install these new programs right but this it's not as easy as a right click and uninstall you have to live through it you have to you have to really work to to um to build these new habits to install these new programs and until they run automatically Right. And this is this is the transition that we make into, you know, closing this gap like we keep talking about. So I think the challenge is being able to look at yourself objectively. And, you know, this is this is maybe where um, the idea of mindfulness comes in. Mindfulness as the kind of the uh, the support to self-awareness. If you're not being mindful of how you're living your day, you won't be able to be aware of what's going on. You won't be able to be aware of how you're feeling, what you're thinking, how you're behaving, the patterns it's, um, you know, the patterns it's making you uh, get stuck in, you know? So I think if we could take some time out in our day just to ask ourselves the question, who am I being? It could maybe start to trigger the objective look right the objective view of this is who i'm being right now and then it, and then it starts to make us understand okay is that something that i like is that something that is serving what i feel like is my my highest good you know what is my purpose you know all these kind of these these really super open ended questions um they're really important and a lot of people are scared of that a lot of people are scared of that. So they keep themselves in this cycle of, well, I'm okay where I am right now. And I don't really have to be this big thing, or I don't really want to achieve this, you know, where the, the, the part of them, the ego that wants to keep us small and safe is the part that we let win, right? We let, we let this part of us win by doubting ourselves and by saying that we don't need things or by saying that we we uh, need these addictions you know all this all this type of stuff that blocks our our journey of of growth and uh awareness um so i think that's i think that's a really important point yeah you're a hundred percent right you know when i think about user testing that going along that same talk track with technology mm -hmm. There's a couple of things that I've implemented in my life to give some, you know, people some, again, more real world experiences um, and practices, but I do upward reviews all the time. Mm. And so I do it in my professional and I do it in my personal life. So what I have on my calendar every single month is an opportunity to have my teams come back to me and audit me. And now this goes back to that place of, fear and, you know, being worried about what other people might say or think of you and being able to actually sit with feedback 
is a very powerful thing. And a lot of people are afraid of that, right? Mm. Hearing the truth or what other people see or perceive of them. And when you can get through some of those initial experiences of actually sitting with feedback and really thinking about it, not even when you get feedback coming back with a response. It's a thank you for that information. Not because the first place where you start receiving that is where you start reacting to it. And then you stop Mm. listening to it. You stop hearing it. You start, you don't try to investigate where is it coming from? Where's the core of this? Just right like listening to our emotions. But being able to unlock that power of sitting with feedback is something amazingly special. And what I do is I have a Google document and I write down that feedback. So that way I can understand if there's trends in it. Because if there's trends in it, there's probably something to be said for that thing. And it might be a priority to me if it's something that is in my column of this means a lot to me. And for example, one of those things being empathy. If my team collectively came back to me and said that, you know, I was not able to put myself in their shoes or, you know, come down to, you know, be on the front lines with them, that would really affect me because that means a lot to me. Because something that I always keep in me all the time that classic saying, if you were in their shoes, in that darkness, yeah. in that time, what would yeah. you need? And that's a question I always ask myself before I lead forward with action. Mm-hmm. And I do the same thing in my personal life. How am I showing up to you know my friendships, to my family, to you know other colleagues outside of work per se? And I understand trends with those two as well. And these exercises and something that I do want to be careful about is not to have them so consistent where it feels like a task because then the value of that thing stops to become so valuable. Now it feels like you're just doing it to check off a box. And the intention of the exercises is not to check off a box. It's to, as you said, to slow down and actually sit with this information and actually investigate this information. Just because the world moves fast does not mean we need to move fast within the world. Because when we slow down in a fast world, we grow a lot, which seems like a contradiction, accelerates you substantially faster than if you moved at the same pace of the world. We get put into such this corner where we think it's an obligation of ours to continue to move to the pace of the world. And Mm. you see, and I have nothing against social media at all. I love it. I think human beings, whether or not you look at it and say things are bad that you see online, it's just amplified behavior that's been around for a long time. That's all. Now, what you choose to see out of that behavior is completely up to you. But in this fast-paced world, whether it be TV, social media, we get caught going back to that analogy on a merry-go-round and going fast and going fast. But I'll tell you, if we took an exercise where you took a teddy bear and you threw it down on a merry-go-round, you spun that thing around, and there were two people that you asked, I want you to reach in and I want you to grab that teddy bear. And if you can't, you lose this exercise against the other person. I bet you the person that just jumps in to grab it faster because they think if I'm the first person to get it, I win. I win. 
as opposed to the other person that sits back and starts counting all the, not the bars, but every time the bar hits a certain area. And as they start to analyze the speed of that, they reach in to when they think is the best time to grow, to grab the bear. I guarantee that person will grab the bear. Slowing down is one of the most powerful things you can do, but it definitely is a challenge. Yeah. You know what? I really, I really like the, um, the point you made about, um, making things or doing or doing things just as a mental exercise, right? Like you were, you were explaining how, um, you analyze that you, you make a document and you analyze the trends. Like, first of all, I really like how your brain works in that sense, because it's really useful, right? You, you do get to see the trends. If, if things come up often, then at least, you know, it's somewhere you need to address if it's something important to you. And you made a point about, um, making sure it doesn't just become a task, making sure it doesn't just become this thing that ticks a box. And I think the other side of this journey, the other side of when you, um, when you intend to go on a journey of uh, self-awareness or growth or personal development or whatever you want to call it, the other trap is exactly that. The trap is you do all of these things on a to-do list and it just ticks a box right because when you were first explaining this this idea of um, sitting down with your team and um, getting feedback and writing the feedback down my mind automatically went to oh we could bring this feedback we could bring this feedback to a mindful practice right we could bring the feedback to a mindful practice we could see what emotions come up and then analyze those emotions, right? We analyze and we feel those emotions. And so the, the two sides of it is, yes, we can, we can analyze the trends externally. But eventually, like you said, the danger is it becomes just an exercise. It just becomes this external thing that we can visually, um, you know, appreciate. It's something that we just tick. And when I was talking about bringing this feedback to um, a mindful practice, for example, is if someone said to you, I think the example you used was, um, you can't come down to our level, you can't put yourself in, in, in our shoes. You say, okay, when was the first time I felt like this? Once I, once I've heard that feedback, what did that make me feel? When was the first time I felt like that? Right. And that is the, that is the question that opens the door to say, okay, there's something stuck. There's something stuck that I, I haven't seen, which is making me act this way externally, right? So there's, there's an emotion that is stuck that has made me treat these people in this way. And I didn't even know it, right? But now I've been shown, right? Now I've been shown and I can, I can go to that place where the emotion comes up. So if someone says, you can't bring yourself down to our level. You can say, okay, well, how does that make me feel? Does it, is it a, you know, does it make your palm sweaty? 
Does it make your heart feel heavy? Does it wrench your gut? Does it, you know, like wherever this pain comes up, you have an opportunity to go to that place and ask that place, what is it teaching you? Like, where did you feel this pain before? Who told you that you should treat people like this? You know, like, where did you learn this thing? Because at the end of the day, it's programming that was installed in you, right? Um, and so I thought that was a really important point that you made about not making these things just an external exercise. Like we can we can use our intellect as much as we want, but the journey of self-awareness is about letting go of all of your intellect because it's not something you can intellectually understand. It's something you have to experience from the inside first, right? Um, so I thought, I just wanted to pick up on that point because it was it was really, really important. And it's it's um it's such an interesting um kind of doorway to understanding yourself, you know, making sure that you can see these things and you're tracking the trends. And then on the back of that is like, how does that make me feel? Which is which is really important. And a lot of people don't get to that second part, right? A lot of people will say, These people are telling me this stuff and I've heard it a lot, and that's just who I am right? They just start accepting it. They say, oh, well, if a lot of people are telling me that just, that must be just who I am. And so they don't go on this journey of inquiring with the, with the feelings and with the behavior. They don't go on that journey. They just say, that's who I am. I can't change. You have to do something to facilitate me, right? And this is what we look for. We look for this safety. We look for um, the, the permission to exist as we are, rather than saying, if that's not serving me, if I don't like the way that this relationship is happening, there is something that I can do to resolve the thing that's coming up, right? So when you get triggered by something on the outside, understand where it's triggered you, what emotion, try to identify the emotion. I know sometimes that might be difficult. If you can identify the emotion, you can inquire it and say, when was the first time I felt this, right? When was the first time? And more often than not, it's somewhere in our childhood where we were told to, we were told to sit down and be quiet. We were told, don't share your opinion. We were told that, you have to be, you have to grow up too fast, right? All of these different stories that that I've learned over the last uh, few years of doing this, you know, there are some of these basic stories that we all experience. And once you're aware enough to understand it's just a story, in that moment when you, when you uh, find the story, you have the opportunity there and then to create a new one. You can you can right click and uninstall there and then, and then you can install the new one. And this is something that I do. This is something that I do with clients in calls. I say, look, we found a story, and I make them tell me the story that we just found, and we and we write it down together. We say, look, let's write this story down, and then we draw a line underneath it and say, okay, today from today, what is the new story with for, for this particular aspect of your life? What is the new story that you're going to start to live by? And just being conscious of that that's where the small shifts start to happen um, so that you, you step away from the external trap of here's my mindful to-do list, right? Which is almost an oxymoron. Here's my to-do list rather than here's my to-be list, right? All of this, these exercises, the purpose mm. is discovery. Mm. Nothing that was ever discovered happened in the snap of a finger. I think of like archaeologists, right? Maybe discovering another tomb or something. They spend years at sites excavating, saying, okay, well, we dug over here. We didn't find anything. We found this one chamber, which helps to piece together part of the map over here. And every little piece that we get, 
we get closer to that tomb. Mm. And that whole exercise is, it's not a check the box exercise. It's the discovery exercise. And Mm. that journey allows you to be the person in the Amazon swiping the machete, cutting down the brush and finding new places that you know, that you never imagined exist. But the shocker to all of it is you're in your Amazon, your own mind whacking away the brush and opening up the scenery a bit. And we definitely slow down or look to, I shouldn't say we collectively, you know, sometimes we'll push off and make those excuses that you were talking about, blame another party for the way that we're showing up or the way that we're reacting. And this journey of discovery, the ability to get to that place is every single day. Every single day we have the opportunity to to get to that place of discovery. And for me, going back to your point about this story that was told, I think, you know, one of the funny things as you were saying that that popped into my head is I use this analogy of like chapters, right? This is the next chapter of your life. This is the next step. We think about our timeline in one solid line. So sometimes we think that what happened in chapter one, we still need to live with in chapter two, in chapter three, in chapter four. Whereas opposed to breaking up our chapters or our timelines and putting them parallel to each other. And why I say parallel to each other is because we now see what happened in chapter one. And then allow it to influence us in a positive way to the timeline parallel to that. As opposed to saying the effect is so negative that in chapter one, things are already fucked. No, no, no. Yeah. Not at all. You're actually a lot better because now you now you know. And, you know, I was just saying this the other day, but we've got to reframe this word around failure. You know, I, I saw this meme a, a while ago and I think it was someone who's having their 60th birthday and they said something like, well, no, you're level 60. Your experience is 60, not your age. Because when we talk yeah. about age, normally there's this connection over getting older as getting closer to the end, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to this idea around like experience and all of the knowledge you were able to absorb over those 60 years of being on the planet. And we tend to sometimes focusing focus on those chapters and because those chapters build on top of each other what happens is now the crust of those experience gets thicker and thicker and thicker and as you move through your timeline it now becomes more challenging like a habit to dig through the crust cuz now we're having to dig deeper now we're having to exert more energy But that doesn't need to be the case because if you continue to practice through every layer of that crust, you get to poke a hole in it. You get to leave a door. You get to break. Let's not say poke a hole because that makes it seem like you didn't give any effort. You bust (laughs) a huge ass hole in that crust moving to that next layer, which allows you to then after look seven chapters back and understand the origin story. And for me, that crust build, and I've you know talked about this on on the podcast before. My parents, when I was younger, got a divorce, and mm-hmm. you know my biological father had visitation rights. And when I was younger, I would be waiting for my biological father to show up to for us to go on the weekends. Mm-hmm. 
And there were many times where he just didn't show up. And Scott, as a kid, would be sitting there with his bag. And the first place as a child is to look back at oneself and say, is it something that I did? You know, was I not a good kid? And for a long time, I buried those conversations. Today, if I were to talk about this 10 years ago, I would struggle with having that conversation publicly. And I bring it up, and I've brought it up before in my podcast, because I want people to expose this side of them to themselves. Get down to that discovery phase that you were talking about, because when we do this, then I've talked about this before on the podcast, but there's this system called EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System, back to the operating system. And one of the exercises, there's a book called Traction, where it describes the implementation of this in business and how you actually execute it within a company. One of the exercises is doing a weekly IDS, which is the Identify, Discuss, and Solve. And I try to IDS my life as much as possible. And for a long time, I struggled to see or find out, go through that discovery of where some of my reactions were coming from. And if I tried to just merely work on that outer crust layer, it was going to only get me so far because I wasn't actually identifying and discussing with myself the origin story of that thing. But once I was able to become aware enough to go down that path and start digging back through the crust, which is challenging, then I was able to put a framework in place to ensure that I could correct course moving forward. But had I just worked on that outside layer, probably would have been in a different position than I am today. Yeah, yeah. I really, I really love that. You know, it reminds me of this idea of, it reminds me of this idea of um, dying to yourself every day, right? And each chapter, like you say, each chapter, it's not continuous. It's not linear. It's not like it has to carry, it has to carry forward. It's a, it's almost like it's a brand new story. There may be some things that carry forward, but you decide what's written here right it's something that is something that's brand new and the idea of dying to yourself every day and actually some more kind of spiritual teachers might say you die to yourself every moment right there is no there is no um past or future right it's just an eternal now right this is this is the idea that um every moment is something that you get to create and there was a, a a really beautiful analogy that I that I heard the other day that says how you know the I think it was Alan Watts that said this. He said when you see a boat moving on a river, for example, right? It's not the it's not the ripples that are left behind the boat that are making the boat move in the direction, right? It's the it's the boat that is moving forwards that creates the ripples that it leaves behind it. And so it's this idea that why are you basing your current situation? Why are you basing your current attitude, your, your behaviors, your patterns? Why are you basing all of that on, on the past, which is not even here anymore? You could take full control of how you show up today. You can do something different. You could make a new decision that makes you go forward, right? So this idea that you die to yourself every day is 
everything that's happened has already happened. It doesn't exist now. And anything that I can imagine in the future doesn't exist now. So if I die every single moment and I'm born again, all I get to do is I get to keep myself accountable of, am I doing my best, right? Am I doing my best? Am I being who I want to be? And the rest of it is, it, it comes and goes, right? So I really, I really love that. And I think um, this idea of having these chapters as new things that you get to create rather than, you know, it has to carry forward and the ability to, the ability to look back at the, the old ones and say, okay, this is where this came from. And then go back and say, all right, in this chapter that I'm about to write today, what am I going to write? And you, and you, you have the awareness of the previous ones, but it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily uh, keeping you stuck in a certain pattern of behavior. It's not keeping you stuck in a way of being, um, but it's something that you get to create when you are creating it. That's beautiful. I, I'm, I'm going to now search for this because I love this idea of ripple effects yeah. in the boats and doing the now and dying. You know, for you, I adore. It can be challenging for some people to look back to merely understand how it influenced the now and not judge themselves off of the then, the past. Yeah. And I certainly didn't coin the phrase, but the time that you should look back is to appreciate how far you've come. And something that I really like about some really good, something that I really strive for as an executive is to really be able to be at five feet and then 30,000 feet and snap back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I challenge myself every day to make sure that I don't judge myself off of decisions. I made the decision with the information that I had at hand. It's very easy that as our time moves forward to now criticize ourselves for said decision. And the reason you're able to criticize yourself of said decision is because now you have more information. So of course, that famous saying, hindsight's twenty twenty. it's yeah. very easy to say, well, geez, you know, Jericho, Scott, whoever, I should have done that differently. Yeah. Well, why do you say that? Well, because had I done it differently, these would have been the results. And the way that I did it, these were the results. Well, how do you know that first part? How would you have known that first part unless you did that thing? You wouldn't. So why spend the time judging yourself on information that you didn't have? That's not fair to yourself. And it's certainly not productive because now, today, you have more decisions that need to be made. And guess yeah. what? You're going to gain way more knowledge. Mm. And that's going to continue to happen and happen and happen. You can be a fan up in the stadium all day, you know, critiquing that athlete on the field. <laughs> yeah. That's easy. It's easy seeing yeah. that from TV or your coach and, you know, throwing popcorn around the room, but being in the position and looking back at tapes like athletes, right. To say, okay, this is what I want to do differently. Sure. That's, that's relatively easy from being in that position prior and having the information prior. 
And as humans, we do a really good job of criticizing ourselves. And there's an opportunity when I say, you know, look back to understand where you can improve. You're not sitting with that and saying, you know, bad me, I could have done better. All of these things. You're, you're merely recognizing that thing and acknowledging how it makes you feel now and being able to be that boat now and change direction, pivot. That's all. Not the erosion that those waves are creating behind the boat on shore. That was yesterday. You know, we need to focus on today. And we steal time from ourselves by doing this. Because when we're in that now, and we spend so much time being in the past, we're eroding away at the time in front of us. And then this weird cycle just happens, or now we're mad that we've wasted a year. <laughs> we've wasted the next year. And there's this just ball of irony that continues to just muddle the water. And so I love that idea about now dying for for us now that it's a brand new start. Every day you wake up, every moment is a new moment. So stop collecting a big pile on your desk of things that you could have done better. Well, guess what? Today you've got that opportunity. Today you have that ability. Now what you do with it is completely up to you. Yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly right. And and it's so beautiful, you know, because when we when we waste time or when we spend and f- direct our energy and focus on something that has already passed, we are automatically keeping ourselves in a cycle of having to f- having to fix, quote unquote, that thing. Right. Something's happened. And we are in resistance to the fact that it happened, right? We don't like the fact that it happened. We we don't think it should have happened um, or it didn't happen in the way that we uh, ideally would have liked it uh, to go. And so we hold on to it, right? We We grab onto this thing and we try and do our best to not make it look as bad in the pictures of this book that we're writing. It's like, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a mistake. It's there, but I can do some stuff. I can maybe draw around it. I can, you know, um, cover it up with something else that it doesn't look so bad. And by doing that, we take away from the potential of the moment that we have right now to choose and to do something else. Right. And this idea that we have, like you say, we're so we're so good at criticizing ourselves. We're so good at um, judging ourselves that we don't allow ourselves to let something happen and let it go. It has to be something that we take on, we justify, we take responsibility for it. We, you know, we carry it with us forever and say, you know, do you remember in 2012 when I did this thing, but I fixed it now. So I'm, I'm a better person, you know, but I did it in 2012 and that was really shit of me, but you know, I'm a better person right now. And you, you're constantly carrying it with you that you feel like you've moved on, but you actually haven't. And so by that alone, by still carrying it with you, it still cycles through you. Like you might do it just in a different way. You might do it just with a different group of people. You might do it just behind closed doors. You know, like there are so many things that um, we hold on to. It just, it takes up space for things that will really help us to not come in. Well, let me say that again, because it, <laughs> it, it takes up space so that 
There's no space for new things to come, right? When we, when we hold on to these things and when we, uh, when we obsess about having to fix things, we take away from the potential of the moment that we have now to do, to be, to create something brand new. And when we start reflecting and we start being introspective of the things that have happened, we should use that as an opportunity to only find uh, fuel for the now, not as an opportunity to live again in the past, if that makes sense. So I think, and I, um, I really feel like having the ability to, to die in every moment, which is something that I still struggle with, by the way, <laughs> having the ability to die in every moment and to, and to have a new experience is, is really important because it allows us to, it allows us to unfold in the same way that life is unfolding. And it's almost like a, a, a co-creation between you and life where it's like life doesn't really know where it's going. You don't really know where you're going or where life is going, but you get to do it together. Right. And the way that most people take it is life is going at its speed and I need to keep up. And if I don't keep up, then I'm not doing life right. Um, and that takes away all the power that you have to create your own life. And that's what keeps people comfortable is this idea that we don't have control. Um, and so I think, I think that's really important to be able to, uh, to be aware of the moments that you are being aware of. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is, sincerely, I think you hit it exactly on the head. The, because life moves fast, mm. there is less of a need to actually go just as fast as life. And how many times I, I've, I've probably mentioned this once before, but I said, go to a t retirement community, somewhere where, you know, age over 60, you know, 70, and ask them what they regret. And I guarantee more than 60% of the feedback that you'll get is not living in the moment and actually rushing through life. Because as we're kids, we rush to grow older. You know, I want to be 25. I want to be 30. I want to be 40, whatever. I want to be an adult. And then when you're an adult, you rush to be younger. You know, I wish I could turn back the time. And every year that builds and it builds and it builds. Truly living in the moment and appreciating the beauty of the world and the uncertainty of your journey, as well as just life in general. My grandmother always said something, and she certainly didn't coin this, but it was slow down to smell the roses all the time. And every single time where I feel things are getting a little too fast for my liking, and that I'm pulling away from living in the moment, being present, I just reiterate that saying in my head. I yeah. repeat it to myself mentally. And if I have a challenge in making a decision, 
or committing to something or doing something, I always ask myself, what would Scott, the CEO, say? You're the CEO of your life. You have the wheel making this, bringing this full circle. You have the steering wheel to your vehicle. You get to decide how fast, how slow, when to turn left, when to turn right, when to apply the brakes a quarter at a time of pressure or to slam them. You make those decisions. The world doesn't. There's no, you're not a puppet on a string. And if you were, you're controlling your puppet. That's it. You get to control every single piece of it. And with the variables that we experience every day, we focus on all of those other things. Instead of saying, I've got this. I control the now. And you get to turn that wheel anytime you want to make your ride comfortable or push yourself to higher limits. All of those decisions come down to you. And that is fucking beautiful about life when you can truly not just say the words, but you experience it. And when you do take control of the wheel and you see the results, whether favorable or not, or what you think is favorable or not, you continue to move because that rush, that excitement, that pump of blood, that feeling of almost being in control almost unlocks this thing of power and not power in a negative way where you think you're a higher being than anybody else or that you're better than anybody else, but you get to truly see your actions and how they impact the world and other people. And when you do good and you lead with life through empathy, love, and giving back to people, and you see the return on your actions of all those things, you you get to a completely different spot. And that, that is power. That is something truly special. And the hopes that I have for everybody that either listens to your podcast, mine, someone else's, is that they get to that place of seeing the influence and the impact because yeah, you might be one person in a world filled with billions of people, but guess what? One person can truly impact one other person. You don't need to impact half of the population. You do one thing and you change the trajectory of somebody's life do we really understand how powerful that is? I had someone ask me, oh, you got to a million downloads, congrats, what did you think? And I was like, that's cool. It wasn't so much the number, but it was the fact that a million people heard my voice and what they did with it, even if it was one person that loved someone a little different, harder, loved themselves a little harder, led with more empathy, or was able to gain some elevation or IDS and get through all that crust and figure out where the core of their feelings were coming from. Holy shit. That's powerful. That's powerful. 100%. I love that. I love everything that you just said. And, you know, this is, this is the gift that people like myself give to the world. No, this is the gift that that coaches and and um you know mentors and you know all these types of people this is the gift that people give to the world is the chance the opportunity for people to have this look at themselves and to find and to um and to discover this power that they have and it's you know something that i um that i remembered as you were speaking 
but someone's always someone always says to me we slowing down means right we talk, we were talking about slowing down earlier slowing down means living at the pace of life not at the pace of thought right and it, and it kind of it kind of uh it, it contradicts a tiny little bit the 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 kind of rhetoric that we've been going with for a while but life only moves fast if you're living in your head and so slowing down means getting out of your head right getting out of getting out of this idea that you have to be somewhere getting out of this idea that it has to be a certain way getting out of this idea that things should be you know and once you get out of your head and you and you come back into um come back into your body where your emotions are speaking to you right because if you're if you're in your head you're only using this part of your <laughs> the smallest the smallest fraction of your body right you've got the rest of it to listen to um and when we when we live at the the pace that life actually happens if you're looking at life if you're looking at nature how long does it take for a tree to start growing or a tree to grow to its full size and then start bearing fruit, right? This is, you're talking like five, 10 years. And then even then, once it's a, once it's a fully grown tree that is bearing all this fruit, it, it doesn't say, Oh, I've taken this much time. I need to hold all my fruit. The, the tree just lets the fruit go. It just drops it. It's like, you can have this, you can have that. I know I've got more of it. You can have that. And even if, even if all the fruit falls off, I'm the tree. I can make more fruit. And this is the gift that we give to people is this understanding that you are the tree. You get to create the fruits of your life. And the more you actually willingly give these, these fruits to people, whatever your gift is, whatever your fruit is, the more you give that gift away for free without any expectation, you actually start to sustain yourself because of that. And that's the, that's the, um, I was about to say weird, but it's not weird. That's the way that life will reflect you because you are coming from a place of, I am this power that has all these things, all these gifts to give, which I am aware of, which I am now consciously uh, creating, right? And once you start consciously creating uh, your life and start giving the gifts that you have, then life sees you doing that and says, if that's who you want to be, I'm going to put you in a position so that you can do that more, right? I'm going to make you the tree that you want to be. Grow taller, bigger fruits, more fruits, different types of fruits, different types of tree, whatever it is, right? And this is the gift that um, people like myself give to people is the ability to find and rediscover that it's not to give it to them because they already have it it's allowing it to emerge right it's like chipping away at the marble and the statue is already there you just have to get rid of the marble that isn't the statue right um that's the gift that we give to people and it's something that you could also give to yourself it's just that sometimes we need a little nudge right <laughs> I love this. This this is also just a, a perfect ender here because I've said a thousand times the currency of life, it's not money. 
It's value. Mm. And you can continue to give value without the expectation of anything in return, like you said. That's what life is about. Because if the intention is always to give value, to merely help, to assist, to add value into the system, then the system always pays back. But you always have to lead with that intention of zero expectation in return. And so speaking of value, Jericho, I can't thank you for for coming on the show, providing us with your value, your insight, your perspective. Where can people, and I'll actually link this in the show notes, uh, find your podcast and where can they sign up for coaching sessions for you too as well? Again, I will link all of this in the show notes so each of you can check out Jericho, the podcast, coaching sessions, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. So the the best place um, to reach me would probably be through uh, my Instagram page. Uh, you'll get my website there, get my email there. It's all there. So it's at Jericho Blount. Um, and you find links to my podcast uh, and you can just message me on there if you feel like it, but also my emails there, like I said, and we can get a conversation going. Um, the way I work is very, uh, what's the word I, I want to use here? Um, it's not, you know, I'm only one guy, you know? And so when you, when you reach out to, to me, you get me, it's not, a I don't have a PA to do my emails for me. I don't have any of that. It's I really like talking to people. Um, and like you say, it's how much value can I bring to you in the first conversation? That is something that I live by is if someone reaches out to me, um, even if they're asking me for, I don't know, directions to the nearest grocery store, I'll see if I can give them in the, mo- <laughs> in the most valuable way possible. That's great. Um, but yeah, through my Instagram page, that's the kind of, I've made that the, the one stop for all, for all, for now, until I do something different. Perfect. Well, I will, I will link all of it again. I can't thank you enough, buddy, for, for jumping on. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me on. And thanks for being generous with your, with your time and your, and your platform. It's, it's amazing work that you're doing. So uh, me being involved is, uh, is an honor really. Thanks for listening to The Motivated Mind with your host, Scott Lynch. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive into self-awareness. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please be sure to share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the motivated underscore mind and on Facebook at The Motivated Mind Podcast. Don't forget to join me next week for another episode. I love you all, and thanks so much for listening. Motivated Mind is a mindset production.